listening to Divorce Happy Hour with your host, Christina Previtt. And John Nocklinger. We're two divorce lawyers from New Jersey here to talk about love, life, and divorce. Whether you're thinking about divorce, going through one now, or been there, done that, or if you're just a divorce voyeur, this show is for you. To learn more about us and our law firm, you can find us at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. You can also find us on social media. Just search for NJ Divorce Solutions on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Let us know if you like the show or hate the show and what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Please keep in mind that this show is for informational purposes only. It's not intended to take the place of legal advice. If you need legal advice, please call New Jersey Divorce Solutions at 732-384-1550 and mention this program for a free consultation. Today's topic is the top five things you need to do if you will be paying alimony. Now, if you are an avid listener of Divorce Happy Hour, and I'm sure that you are, you heard our last episode, which was the top five things you need to do if you're going to be receiving alimony. So this one is going to be for the guys who are paying. And again, I will do my little disclaimer. I'm not trying to offend anybody, but in most instances, it is the husband that is paying alimony. We recognize that there are other situations where it's not the husband, but just for ease of reference, we're going to assume that the husband is paying the wife alimony. So these are the five things that you should be doing if you're going to be in a situation where you'll pay alimony. So that means if you're thinking about a divorce, if you and your wife are talking about it, if if it's ever occurred to you, or if you're in the midst of a divorce now. The first thing, and this was advice we also gave to the ladies, you need to get a lawyer. And you're, I'm not just saying that because I'm a lawyer. I'm saying it because doing this for 15 years, I've seen most of the mistakes that happen. We get people that come in all the time and cry because something wasn't done properly on their case. And a lot of times it's because they didn't have a lawyer. They just thought it was easy. They could get something off legal Zoom, Or, you know, why should I pay some lawyer who's just going to, you know, take me for all my money? Well, you know, sometimes you actually get what you pay for and you could have avoided some mistakes. So do the wise thing, get a lawyer, at least to go for a consultation, get some legal advice, find out what your rights are, and basically make sure you don't get screwed. I mean, that's the long and short of it, really. Yeah, the exact opposite of what we spoke about on the last episode about making sure you get paid enough, uh, get enough alimony. On this, from this standpoint, you also want to make sure you're not paying too much. And I've seen a lot of guys who, particularly the ones that maybe cheated on their wives and they have kids and they really don't want to rock the boat. They're really feeling guilty about the whole situation and they really just want to get it over with quickly. I've seen so many guys offer to pay way too much. And that might be okay today, but I think, think what are you going to think about three years from now, particularly when you've moved on and now you've got this hefty alimony obligation sitting over your head? that's really hard to modify. I don't think people um, appreciate how difficult it is to um, modify alimony. It really is. I mean, we it is permitted under our law to modify alimony if there's a change in circumstances, but that's such a loosey-goosey term, and every judge looks at it differently, and you got to assume that you're going to be paying this amount for a long time. Yeah, and, and change in circumstances it doesn't mean you changed your mind. That's not a change <laughs> it in circumstances. It doesn't. I see all the time people, this applies to men and women, people who are in a really big hurry to get divorced for whatever reason. 
it's because they found someone else and they want to get married or they just need to get rid of this person. They want them out of their lives as fast as possible. Whatever the case may be, when you're in a really big hurry, you compromise way too much and you will regret it. I see it happen all the time. John sees it happen all the time. You will regret it. Do it right the first time. So number two, my advice to the wives was to keep spending and you can hear the explanation in that podcast, but my advice to you guys is also to keep spending, but with a little caveat, don't spend too much. So what I mean by that is whatever your status quo is, whatever you've been accustomed to spending, continue to do that. Don't feel like you have to stop spending. And what I mean by that is, you know, if shopping and eating out and you know, um, vacations or some, whatever the case may be, buying gifts for people, whatever your status quo was, you can continue to do that, but don't overspend. And the reason for that is because when alimony is considered, we'll be looking at what your lifestyle was. So if you suddenly reduce your lifestyle, that's sort of obvious and, you know, a judge is going to know why you did that. But if you overspend, you may be making it look like your lifestyle was much bigger than it actually was. And that's gonna help your wife because then she's gonna say, but look, this was our lifestyle. You know, we used to buy fur coats every weekend. You know, don't do that. So just, you know, keep it keep within the status quo. Don't overspend, but don't also feel like you suddenly have to stop spending. And both of you are entitled to maintain a lifestyle similar to what you had when you were married. So it's not like your wife, your wife is all of a sudden going to be entitled to have more money than you or have a better lifestyle than you. So you want to make sure that that lifestyle that the two of you had is consistent, you know, as you go into the divorce. Because you certainly don't want someone to say, well, you can afford to give me more money now because, look, you're able to live a lot cheaper than I am. You want to make sure that... Um, you know, that you're also maintaining that lifestyle. It used to be a little bit different. I think they changed uh, the wording in the statute a couple of years ago to make it clear that person paying alimony was entitled to also maintain a reasonable standard of living. We used to only concentrate on the person receiving alimony. But um, so it's even more important now than it's ever been to keep spending. And I would say this is a good advice for anyone where alimony is involved at all is to make sure your spending is grounded in reality. Um, there's going to be certain financial documents you got to fill out, and some people just estimate. And I will tell you, almost always, people's estimations are nowhere close to reality. Um, it could be from, you know, someone says, oh, I only spend $500 a month on vacations. And they don't realize, no, you actually spend $1,000 a month on vacations because you spend, because people, when you look at monthly budgets, it's hard to think about an annual spend that only happens once or twice. Clothes is another thing. I find people habitually underestimate their dining expenses too. How many times you go out to eat? I mean, even if you go out to eat at like McDonald's and, you know, like, like Jersey Mike's, if you go every day, that adds up a lot and you know keep so keep track of what you're spending but like christina said keep spending just you know keep it within reason keep it you know at or i would maybe say slightly slightly below the marital standard of living just to make sure that you it doesn't you're not like feeding into an argument that your standard of living was actually higher than it really was because that's what your wife's going to argue that it was much higher than whatever you say it was i agree 100 percent so our third piece of advice is don't leave the house 
Now, what I mean by that is don't leave the house. <laughs> don't leave the house, period. Is that, are you sure that's what you mean? Don't leave the house? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm being silly. But what I mean is don't move out. Um, and, you know, don't be absent all the time. We, we hear a lot of situations about someone who they, they're gone all weekend. They come home at night after work on the weekdays. Don't move out. That's really the best, the, the first piece of advice I could give you and the best piece with respect to the house. Don't move out. You may, maybe you have a girlfriend, you know, you've got something else going on outside the house or you just can't stand your wife anymore. You do not want to go home to her. You can't stand the sight of her. You can't stand her voice and you don't want to go home. But you're creating a bad uh, landscape for your divorce if you leave because she's going to be mighty comfortable in the house because chances are she doesn't want you there either unless she's trying to reconcile but she probably is uncomfortable with you being there so you want to make her continue to be uncomfortable i'm not saying start doing things to make her be uncomfortable i'm just saying your presence there is probably uncomfortable for her and if you leave you don't give her any incentive to be done with the divorce so you're probably going to be required to continue to pay all the bills you're not going to get a pass just because you went out and got an apartment you're still going to have to pay all the bills at the marital home and you're not going to get any relief for a very long time divorce most likely will take well over a year in most cases and you're not going to get any financial relief during that time so don't make your wife feel so comfortable by just leaving because you know what if i could just live in a nice house all by myself and somebody else was paying all the bills do you think i'm going to be in a big hurry to leave no, you're not. And I mean, it's really not going to change your life very much financially if you continue to live in the house. Um, whereas if you move out, you're going to have a second rent. You're going to have a second set of utilities. You're going to have to have different food expenses. So yeah, you should live under, continue to live in the house as long as possible. Another thing that's really important to know is that if you move out, it's very possible that there's going to be some kind of prohibition about you going back in the house. Um, because if you move out of the house, there's going to be an expectation that you've left the house and that your wife, let's say it's the wife that stays in the house, she has the right to live there without without you just popping in whenever you want to pop in. So that be, creates a whole other set of problems. So you're, gonna, you're out of your house, you're paying for two households now instead of one, and you can't even go back in your house. I know I hear this argument all the time, but I own the house. It's my house. I can go back in. Well, guess what? You can't just, if you leave the house, you can't just walk back in whenever you want to. Um, I guess you can, but you know what? That's going to lead to all kinds of problems. So um, just stay in the house. Go to a separate bedroom if you can. You know, go to the basement. Go somewhere else in the house. And I would say if you have kids, this is even more important. If you have children, make sure you stay in the house because you don't want to have to fight about parenting time in custody when you're not in the same place as your kids. You want to be as on equal footing as possible with your um, spouse whenever you're having those fights. And if you've already moved out and you already are only seeing your kids on the weekends because you're not in the house anymore, don't you think that makes it kind of easy for your uh, wife to say, well, he should only have parenting time on the weekends because that's what's going on right now. So don't even create it. Just continue living in the house. I think that's a, an excellent point. Um, it's, it is going to be hard for you to say, well, I should have 50-50 custody. And then 
they might not say this, but I as an attorney will think to myself, well, that's interesting that you suddenly want to be so involved because you're the one who moved out and left your kids there mm -hmm. and you didn't have any parenting time at all for a period of time. And now all of a sudden you, you want to be a 50% dad. And I'm not the only person who thinks this way. You don't know if the judge is thinking this way. So if, if that's an issue for you, if you want 50-50 custody or you're going to be asserting that you should you know, have something more than an every other weekend parenting schedule, just moving out before you at least have something in place, something in writing is going to hurt you. The other thing too that I see come up often enough that I feel like I should say something about it is if you have any assertion whatsoever that your wife is uh, suffering from an addiction or a mental health issue that makes her either unfit to have custody or compromises her ability to have custody or parenting time, you really are destroying any credible claim by leaving. Because the first thing anyone's gonna say is, well, if you thought that they were unsafe, why did you leave? Obviously you didn't. You didn't think they were unsafe. It's only now that you're going through a custody battle that now suddenly you think she's unsafe. So think about those things and carefully consider how important it really is for you to move out and if that really is going to serve your long-term goals. I think it's a misnomer that um, when you start a divorce that one person has to move out of the house. I've heard so many people say something like that to me like, oh, so when we're filing the complaint, does that mean I have to move out of the house now? There must be something floating around the internet that says something like that. And maybe another state that's how it is, I don't know. Um, but here, you don't have to leave the house and you shouldn't. But as we're about to talk about in our next um, thing that you need to know, there are some, there are, that's not without an exception. Yeah, so the next one is, and these might seem inconsistent, but we'll explain this. List the house for sale if you can. So our advice to the wives was not to list the house. Um, precisely because we wanted them to stay comfortable. And if, if hubby wants to leave, we'll let him leave, but he's still got to pay all the bills. But what we're telling you guys, if you're going to be paying alimony, is it is in your best interest to list the house. So if you can get your wife to list the house, have at it. Uh, I do think that if there's a custody situation, though, if there's children, that you probably should work out what the custody arrangement is going to be before the house sells and before you move out for reasons that we already explained. But for financial reasons, if you can list the house, do it. You obviously have to have your wife's consent to do that or the court has to compel it. But that's unusual. If your wife will agree, you know, if you can persuade her that financially the house is a drain or that, you know, there's there are significant benefits to you both just recognizing that you're going to have to sell the house and part ways and maybe take the equity and use that for whatever else you're going to do, buy a new house or maybe you need it for legal fees. Um, if you can convince your wife to do that and... I would talk to your attorney first before you list it, but usually it's in the husband's best interest to do that because oftentimes you're not paying her alimony at that point. So she's gonna go move out and go somewhere else. She's gonna live with a friend or live with her parents or get an apartment or whatever the case may be. And she, if she's not getting any money from you, then she's actually demonstrating that she has the ability 
to live without any contributions from you or minimal contributions. So that actually sets a good precedent for you if you're trying to minimize what your alimony obligation will be. And if she is going to get support from you, you force the issue finally. You know, maybe she's the one dragging her feet. Well, if you sell the house, she finally comes to the table and says, well, we need to resolve support now. And you can say, okay, let's resolve support. Um, so sometimes you force the issue. You might force the issue of custody and parenting time too. I mean, the house, you know, the house can be used as a bargaining chip either way. Um, actually, bargaining chip, I'm not sure is the right phrase that I'm thinking of, but it's more like you can use it to sort of force the end of the case. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. Get your divorce finalized. You don't want your divorce to go on for a year or two years. So list the, if you list the house, your wife, let's you know, let's say wife, let's, your wife's going to have to come to you and say, I need support. Well, it's a lot better to try to resolve the whole case than to come up with a temporary support amount. So it's going to force the issue. So you want to force the issue. You want to get the case done. You want to be divorced so you can move on with your life. And this is something you can try. Obviously, if your wife has an attorney who's not asleep at the wheel, they're not going to agree to list the house. But we've seen plenty of attorneys that agree to do it. So if this applies to you, then that is definitely something that we feel under most circumstances is probably beneficial to you. But if you want to consult with an attorney to flesh that out a little bit more, I would highly recommend that. Flesh that out. I flesh love that, that out. I love that phrase. Okay, so number five, which probably should be number one. <laughs> Guys, don't tell your wife about your new girlfriend. She is not happy for you. She does not care. I know you're in love and you want to shout it from the rooftops or you want to show everybody how hot she is. Don't, okay, please. And stay off the social media. Don't put pictures of her and you on a boat happy drinking champagne. No. Come on, let's... No. I mean, come on. Do you think that's going to make your life easier when you're going through this case? No, let me tell you something. It's going to make it a hundred million times harder because there's just something, okay, in the female brain. I think it's in the male brain, too, but I can only speak about the female brain. When someone's breaking up with you, that's really... Can I say shitty? It's really shitty. But when they are dumping you for someone else... That's not even shitty. That is like off in crazy land, okay? Yeah. That will send a woman off into crazy land real fast. And guess what that means? You pay more in legal fees. You pay more in alimony. You are going to bleed money at that point. So just keep it quiet. Just don't run around town telling everybody. Don't tell the kids. Don't introduce the kids to oh, the woman. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't even get her close to your kids because that, you're... you're <laughs> And don't, and don't say, oh, I'm, you're going to meet my girlfriend, but don't tell mommy. They're going to tell mommy, okay? They're going to tell mommy. Yeah, well, so, I don't understand why people do that. I, I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Because they're in love, John. Well, you know what? Then get divorced, get it done, and then go be in love, okay? Because, I mean, you're absolutely right. The second the wife sees, you know, because they're going to see their girlfriend, and let's assume the wife thinks the girlfriend is like a younger model, let's say, and she gets even more upset, not just that it's a girlfriend, but it's somebody that, that that wife thinks is more attractive than her. Whether they are or not, it's not really the issue. Now, all of a sudden, you know, 
he's he's an asshole. He's a uh, bastard. He did all these. He, now he's the worst person in the world. Where maybe she was in more of a mindset of okay, I'm unhappy. This is happening, but I want to get divorced. Now she's gone to that vindictive. I'm gonna cut off your balls, call Lorena Bobbitt on you. And uh, guess what? When you have to pay because you were not as discreet as you should have been. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. You know what? Since this is going on a podcast, I can say this. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> you know, I will share a secret with you guys. Every single one of you, now that you're getting a divorce, you have a small penis. I've heard it 500,000 times. The penis that was just fine on the wedding day today is now small. So she will be going around town telling everybody that you have a small penis. So keep the girlfriend quiet, okay? Just do me a favor. Do you a favor. Keep the girlfriend quiet. And please, do not bring the girlfriend to court. Please. Just keep the girlfriend out of it. Just uh, keep the girlfriend Pretend out she of it. doesn't exist. There'll be plenty of time for fun. Enjoy your girlfriend. Be in love. Whatever you gotta do. But just don't let your wife find out about her. Because if she does... You, you're going off into dangerous territory. Like, you're not just a simple divorce anymore. I promise you. Yeah. I don't think a lot of attorneys are giving that advice to their... I mean, they might say, don't bring her around. But, I mean, little things like social media. I mean, how many times have you seen pictures of the new girlfriend on social media attached to things that are submitted to court to prove all kinds of things? Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to say, even though this podcast is about... Um, things you need to do if you'll be paying alimony. I would say that even if you're receiving alimony, you should keep the new person secret too. Or not secret. Keep them off to the side because you don't want to give the person that you're divorcing any reason to make arguments that you should get more or less alimony because of now what you're doing. Yeah, and I've seen the girlfriends get dragged into the litigation. If they think you're living together, or if you are living together, they'll subpoena the girlfriend, they'll want to take her deposition, they'll want to get her bank records to see if if you're supporting her, or if she's contributing to your support. And it just really goes off into territory that is not helpful. It's just going to make your divorce drag on far longer than it needs to. It's going to cost you more money in litigation fees. I've never seen anything good come of it. So just, I mean, we are saying a lot of this in jest and having fun with it, but it really is sound advice. Keep the girlfriend quiet to the best of your ability until your divorce is done. Listen to John and Christina. We know what we're talking about. And if, if anything, if you've listened, if you listen to our podcast, we try to be as open and honest as possible because I think a lot of times people are sort of t- are kind of uh, talked to gingerly when they're in attorney's offices. Maybe they're told what they want to hear. They're, that's not how we operate. I really think that, you know, being told, listen, just do these things and you'll stay out of a heap of trouble is really the advice that everyone needs to hear, especially guys that are going through this because a lot of times your wife's going to want to get as much alimony as possible. So don't make it any worse. A lot of times, every time, every time time she wants to get as much alimony as possible. If it's an alimony situation. We won't even talk about the situation where when a wife is paying alimony to their husband because that's a whole nother discussion that gets even worse. Yeah, so we're going to leave you with that. I hope that you will listen to these 
wise words and sage advice if you need to discuss any of these further or if you're on the market for a divorce and you need to have a little bit more divorce planning, give us a call, 732-529-6937. And you can also find our website at centraljerseyfamilylaw.com. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.